Amen. Before you guys get away, I want Jeremy to come up here real quick. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy just graduated college. Amen. Praise God. Well, well, I thought my whole life I uh, I didn't do very good in high school, and uh, you know I lived a long time thinking that uh, I couldn't do it. So, you know, I came here and I just thought I'm going to do this, and uh, the Lord opened up a great opportunity and gave me a great family and gave me a great church family, and so. Um, I was able to walk that aisle yesterday, and and uh, it was good, man. It feels it's good feeling. It's good feeling, you know. So uh, praise God, you can do it. You can do it. So I just want to thank my family, and particularly Catherine. There were many a nights when the calculus and that statistics course was crushing my brain, and. Uh, Many nights yelling at the kids, stay away, I'm in the middle of an exam. And so they were, they were quite tolerant of me, and I really appreciate you guys. And, uh, and my daughters, gosh, how do you turn a fraction into a decimal? <laughs> I must have went to sleep in fifth grade or something. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I didn't know any of that stuff. So uh, they were very gracious in, in helping me. So... I've got to be honest with you, when I was walking down there, I wish I could have dragged every one of them up to that stand with me because their name should be on that thing just as much as mine, amen? And I want to thank you guys, and particularly Pastor Lonnie and Darlene have given me the, the grace, and he knew I was going through school, and, and, and thank you for the liberty and, and just not putting a lot of pressure on me. And thank you for the church family here for supporting my family and I so much. We love you guys dearly. You're more than just a church. You're, the, you're our family, the body of Christ. Amen. We're one blood. Amen. One blood, one spirit. Amen. One Lord. And we're all going to one place. Amen. Praise God. The eternity, the side of glory, man. Where the light never goes out. Amen. The Bible says that heaven is so bright, there's no longer need of the sun. That the glory of the Lord will so, shine so bright and that we as his sons and daughters will be a reflection of that light that we will no longer need the sun. Everywhere we go will be daylight constantly. The Bible tells us in the scriptures that we are children of the light. And if we be light, so walk in the light. And stay off the white. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Well, when you got kids in college and you're in college too, that says a lot. There's a continuation that goes on there. Great thing. I remember when we lived in Mexico, we had uh, some of our uh, friends and family had 13, 14 kids. And uh, one of them I remember was younger and she got married and she got pregnant and she went to her mom and said, Mom, I'm pregnant. And Mom looked at her after 13 kids and said, I am too. So, <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> 
So it's good to see the tradition lives on. Amen. Why don't you bring your offerings to the altar today and take just a minute to greet one another, and we're going to move on in the service. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You guys are dismissed. Girls, thank you. Thank you. And we'll be going through verse 11. Amen. Make a few announcements before we move on. Uh, Wednesday, of course, we have Bible study. We're studying the book of Ephesians. We uh, did the first chapter on Wednesday. Thank you all for coming, and we'll be continuing through uh, Ephesians chapter 6. It's a great study. Um, it's, a, it's a really uplifting, exhorting, encouraging book. So I uh, want to remind you of that. Uh, Friday night prayer. Um, thanks to Barry for taking care of that. We've been very busy here lately, and Barry's been, uh, and then you faithful prayers. We appreciate you. Um, it's the backbone of the church. Um, on the 8th of September, Gary and Klein will be here from Israel, and we want a really good turnout for that. And then on the 18th, on a Wednesday night, Andrew Murray uh, from England will be here preaching. He's a great preacher, preaches all over the place, and God really uses him. He's, he's been to Morelia a couple of times preaching in different parts of Mexico, and, and uh, it just, it's a good word. It's a good word. And then the 24th of September through the 4th of October, we'll be going to Mexico for uh, 10 days to go down and work at the school and uh, doing various things. There's going to be a wedding. Uh, some, some great friends of ours that uh, um, God has blessed us with over the years are going to be married, and we'll be down there for Mexican Independence Day, which is a wild time. And we'll also be at the school and at church and so we've got a lot to do there. Carolyn's leaving to go to uh, Brazil here in a couple of weeks, so we want to bless you. One week, she's getting ready to go to Brazil with uh, 19th with Pastor Vernell, and uh, we're looking forward to a good report when you get back. Amen. It's good to see everybody today. Amen. I want to thank the Moors. I just feel like since Jeremy uh, graduated today, I want to thank them because uh, if you'll notice— um, there's a nursery sign up over there, and most everyone on that list is a moor. <laughs> and also, back there on the uh, computer, there's a moor back there. There's moors up here. And, uh, <laughs> but I just want to tell them publicly how much I appreciate the work that they do here at their church. Oh, my goodness, look at that, will you? 
Looks like Isaac. <laughs> or Isaac looks like you, amen? Now, I do appreciate it, and I'm sure the church does too. And he sent me that, was it Friday night or yesterday? And I said, looks like a scholar to me. So, and that's a proud wife. Amen. Amen. A lot of hard work. Amen. Let's go to the Word now. Father, we thank you for your Word. We ask that uh, it would penetrate hearts today and people would be moved by the power of it, not by the eloquence of the speaker, but by the power of the Word of God. Hallelujah. I just call holiness into the reception of your word today, Lord. Teach us what should be taught. Let us receive it with open ears and an open heart. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Well, very famous, uh, familiar scripture here today, but I want to focus on a couple of things out of Isaiah and the, New King, or in the King James. It says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Uh, some of us have a hard time through the week keeping our thoughts in the right kind of movement and processes with the world beating us up. But we come to God's house uh, because we know this is where his presence dwells. And we need to seek him while he may be found. When you're in corporate worship, uh, there's something uh, great that takes place. There was a holiness that entered the building today because of the we were telling God who he was, and he, oh, he always responds. I remember when the demon came and fell at his feet, he responded. You know, sometimes you can say, get away from me, you foul spirit. But he responded to the need of the people. He responded to the need of that person that was demon-possessed. So he's very good at picking out our needs and, and responding to them. And so when we come together in God's house, it says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Wow, think about that. First, it says, let the wicked man forsake his way. You know, we get on a path sometimes that we think we call it something and we want God to bless it. But I'd rather be on God's path and the blessing's already built into that. You see what I'm saying? If he tells you to go somewhere and do something, then there's a blessing waiting already. Amen. And he warns us here in Isaiah. He said, you forsake your way, forsake your will. Yeah. It's like in a marriage. Both sides have to give up some freedoms that they had before that they no longer have because you want to be in harmony and unity in your marriage. How many of you, don't raise your hand on this, ever had a rebellious child? <laughs> oh, you too, boy. Should I go back to the marriage thing or is everybody? Okay, Larry. This, she's point, I don't know. But anyhow, we need to forsake our own way sometimes. That's how we find the heart of God. I wrote in my Bible a couple weeks ago is I want to find the heart of God. I want to see his promises come true. I want to find out what his character is, what his will is. So I need to forsake my way, and the unrighteous man needs to forsake his thoughts. What we think is what we will become. What we think about is what we will become. Because we need to put our thoughts and our 
attitudes and our prejudices aside. It said, let him put his, his thoughts aside and let him return unto the Lord. And he will have mercy on him. How many of you have ever experienced the mercy of God, even when you've fallen short of the glory of God? The Bible says all of sin and come short of the glory of God, but it said if we return to him, he will have mercy upon us. Hallelujah. When we become aware of our sin and our unworthiness and become aware of how holy he is and how we sing of his holiness, then his mercy just rains down. Look what it says. He will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. He won't, you won't just crawl into heaven. He will abundantly pardon. <laughs> I grew up in Pentecost after I got saved. I was first a Methodist, then I got baptized in the Holy Ghost and just got whatever. Raised Catholic, saved Methodist, baptized in the Holy Ghost. You all know all this. And I always kind of looked down on myself. Anybody know that, how it is to look down on yourself? And you're told that your sins can't be forgiven or you can't know that you're going to heaven or you're not worthy of this. Well, the church sometimes just reinforces what the world tells you every day. But I didn't just get saved. I got abundantly saved. I didn't just get pardoned. I got abundantly pardoned. That means abundantly means it's over the top of anything that we've done. And the blood of Jesus will cover. It's over the top of everything that you've done. Every thought that you've thought that is not in God's will Abundant pardon is available, not just pardon. We don't have to walk around like this sometimes, fearing an angry God, because we've been pardoned. Those that haven't asked for his pardon need to be a little bit concerned about their eternity. That's why we preach the gospel. The Bible says he's exceedingly abundantly. Exceedingly how do you exceed abundance? Well, you just take it to another level. I guess God's got all kinds of levels for us that seek Him through His Word and through His will and through His character. Wow. He will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. So what did he say back here? He said, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and return to the Lord for why? For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. Hallelujah. I've traded a bad thought process for a good thought process. Now we'll go to Ephesians chapter two, if you would, Olivia. For as the heavens are, well, I'll go back to that. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. Thank you. He said, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. Go to verse 6, I'm sorry. Are you saved today? 
Are you recognizing that God's thoughts are not your thoughts and His ways are not your ways? But He wants to elevate our thinking. He wants to elevate our ways to be on a level with what He thinks. And you say, well, that's not possible. Because, but look what Ephesians 2.6 says. It says, and He's raised us up together. If you're saved today, you've been raised up together with Him through His ways and His thoughts. Remember how you used to do and how you used to think before the Holy Spirit was and the love of God was shed abroad in your heart? You used to think wrong. You used to act wrong. You were unrighteous. I was unrighteous. We needed to trade in our thought process because some of you, all you've ever heard your whole life is that you're unworthy. You'll never amount to anything. You'll never be anything. And he said, the day that you gave your heart to me, you started thinking like I think and doing like I do. And I have been raised up together. And I've been made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. When we realize that we've been raised up, into his purposes. See, I got a seat in heaven. I'm, I'm not in Florida. I'm in Ohio. But if I buy a ticket to go to Florida, I'm on the way to Florida. You know what I'm saying? And so, in a spiritual sense, I'm seated in heavenly places. There's a seat reserved for me in heavenly places. And the more I think like him and act like him and change my ways and my thought processes, I'm on the road and I'm going to get where I'm going. I've been seated with him in heavenly places. Now, go back to uh, Isaiah 55 again. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Verse 9 is coming up. Thank you. I'll read it. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, the heaven, are, are the heavens higher than the earth? Are the heavens higher than the earth? Do you believe in heaven today? Do you believe that we're earthbound right now, but one day we're not going to be earthbound when he calls us home, whether he comes back for his church or you go to the grave and one day he comes back for you? We are not earthbound people, so our thought process doesn't need to be earthbound either. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So that means that he thinks better me sometimes than I think of myself. For as the rain, verse 10, comes down from heaven and the snow from heaven and returneth not to heaven. Tither's a funny word. Tither. Everybody say tither. But waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. You know the great thing about the Word of God? It has a double production. It gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. That's the two phases of growth of any kind of fruit. Seed to bread. Seed, 
So the Word of God, in other words, it covers all of our bases. It gives seed to the sower. How many of you are sowers? Sowing the Word of God in other people's lives. Laura, you're a sower. People that witness for the Lord. They, so the Word of God is your authority. The Word of God is what you stand on. And sometimes the enemy will try to confuse you and talk to you and say, who are you to think you can preach the Word? Well, God says, my Word is seed to the sower. And it's bread for the eater. Hallelujah. It gives seed. And he said in verse 11, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it will accomplish that which I please. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Now, how many ways can God speak to us? Through his word, through prophecy, through different ways. He said, it will not return unto me void, but it will accomplish. If we give the Word of God a chance in our lives, it will accomplish everything in us that God intends for us. Well, how can that be? I can't think that big. Bubba Watson is a golfer, and uh, he won the Masters a few years ago. Matter of fact, he won it twice. And the first time that he won the Masters and they interviewed him, they said to him, well... Uh, now that you've done this, what do you think? He said, what, he said, my dreams never went this far. In other words, it was a worldly thing, but he had never thought that far. But for some reason, that was his year, and he had a perfect golf game going, and he won the match. He said, my dream never went that far. In effect, what God, what he was saying there, I never believed I could accomplish this. Well, listen, he did it in a worldly vein, but spiritually, we don't believe we can do some things, but God will take a vessel, an earthen vessel, and he'll quicken it, and he'll give it life, and he'll give it authority, and it'll fill the voids in our lives. And sometimes our dream might be, I never thought I'd make it this far. Well, I'm a witness to that. My dreams never went this far when I was a kid. But when I got saved, I became a part of a bigger thought process, a bigger dream. You're part of a bigger dream today. If you're beat down your whole life and told that you're never anything, that kills your dreams. The enemy wants to kill your dreams. He wants to kill your productivity in the Lord. He wants to kill off any productivity. Well, what else does it say? And it shall prosper not only toward you and to me, will it accomplish for what he sent it for, it will prosper. How many of you are prospering right now because God is prospering you? And it shall prosper in the thing where I sent it. I believe today as I preach the word, not me, but I believe the word's going forth. It will affect thought processes. It will affect ways of doing things. If we truly listen to the word of God. Lately in, in Wednesday night Bible study, other people have been teaching beside me, Jeremy and, and uh, Dan and Rick and Darlene. And I actually go in there and sit and listen to what they're saying. Think about that for a minute. 
I hear what they're saying because what they're saying, as long as they're preaching the word, they're just a messenger of the word. So I listen and let it get into my spirit. And I've heard many things over since the first of the year that have changed my thinking or changed my way of doing things because it's not the messenger. It's the word of God that's strong and powerful and penetrates into us. Everybody wants credentials. Well, here's credentials right here in the Word of God. You proclaim it, you got it. I want to look at the word void for a minute. The word void is not valid or legally binding. In other words, to make something void, it has to be considered not legally binding. Now, Laurie probably knows all about legally binding things. It means it's not valid. So in other words, what, what Isaiah is saying through the Holy Spirit is that it shall not return to me, let me get this right, not valid. It shall not be sent into a not valid place. There's nothing more valid than the Word of God in our lives. And it says, my word shall not be legally binding. That's what void means, something that is not legally binding. Well, we know, all know when we sign a contract or sign to go get a loan or whatever it might be or buy a car, that is what? It's legally binding. What binds it? Well, the agreement between you and the person that's selling you that car, and what do you do to make something legally binded? You sign it, don't you? He said, my word is a legally binding document. And how do we know that? Because in 1 Corinthians, he said this. Go there, uh, Olivia, if you can, real quick. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He said, it will not return unto me invalid or not legally binding. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse uh, 25. Look at what it says. After the same manner, he also took the cup when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in, and the, and the New Living says, written or signed in my blood. So when they spoke, Isaiah has more prophecies of Jesus coming than any other book in the Old Testament. So in the New Living, it says, this cup written in my blood which makes it a legally binding contract. Is God full of mercy? Yes, he is. But will he judge those that break the contract and don't receive the legally binding document that he's given us, which is the word of God? So as we go down and buy a car, we sign a name saying, yes, this is a legally binding document. See, my signature's on it. Anybody ever refuse to sign anything? When we sign it, though, we're saying I'm legally bound to what this guy is doing for me. This, I need a car. This guy's selling me a car. I need a house, and they're, sending, they're selling me a house. So I sign and agree to the terms. So he said, my word will not return unto me void, but it will accomplish everything I sent it for. Do you believe the word of God was sent for you today? What do you think of yourself? He says that if I send it into your life, 
It'll be valid. It'll be legally binding. In other words, as children of the covenant, we are legally bound to this word. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus Christ, he said it was written in my blood. So I'm legally bound by the blood of Jesus to seek the Lord while he may be found. To change my thoughts to his thoughts and my ways to his ways. Because the word is going to go. It's going forth this morning. And we must receive the word of God. Go to Matthew chapter 4. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word is seed and bread. <laughs> His blood makes it valid and legally binding. Woo. Now Matthew chapter 4. One of the dumbest stunts in the history of the world. The enemy trying to use the word against the word. It's really dumb. Trying to use the word against the word. Well, let's just look at it. Jesus was led up in the verse one. Thank you. Then was Jesus led up to the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward hungry, no doubt. And when the tempter or the devil came to him, he said, "If you are the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread." In other words. He was trying to use the word against the word and say, I know you're hungry. See, the devil always comes around at our weakest points. Because he knows that we're down, we're discouraged, we're not thinking the right thoughts, or having the right way in our life. So that's when he always shows up. Maybe one of your kids are acting up or something like that. Be on guard, fully clothed in the word of God, because he'll attack at the weak points. If you fast 40 days, you're hungry, even if you are Jesus. So here comes the dumb old devil. He said, command these stones to be made into bread. But Jesus said, it is written. What's written? Well, the word is written. And it says, man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Whoa, look out now. So if we want to prosper in our lives, we need to receive the word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And we say, well, I've tried to figure this out for years and I just don't get it. It's all a mystery for me. Just depend on the word. That's how we survive, is every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Because he said every word, now listen, let there be light. Aren't you glad we got light? Aren't you glad we got a Savior that not only spoke, let there be light into the void, into the chaos, but he comes in your life and speaks, let there be light in your life. And what happens? I never know somebody that came to the altar that wanted to give their heart to the Lord and God rejected them. Think about it. Maybe there is, but he's not about rejection. He's about bringing us in. 
So every word that proceeds from his mouth will prosper. So the dumb devil, he's not so dumb. He's pretty smart. He can come disguised as an angel of light also. Hallelujah. Look what it says here. That's Deuteronomy 8.3. That goes way back in the Bible about every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That goes way back. God knew what he was doing since he put mankind on this earth. I know a verse in the Bible where it says if you reject the light and continue to live in darkness, you're going to be judged. We all, by hearing the word of God, have an opportunity to enter into the brightness of God and the light of God. Let me go on. Then the devil took him up into the holy city and set him in a pinnacle of the temple. Go ahead. And said unto him, if, 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 if. You know what? He said that in verse 3. If you are the son of God, this same attack has been coming against the word of God ever since man's been on this earth. Eve tried it, Adam tried it, the devil tried it. It's been an attack on God's word. The devil could care less about you, but he cares about attacking the word of God and making it invalid or not legally binding. So when I hear people say, oh, don't be judgmental or anything, I don't judge people, the word of God judges people. And everyone has to answer for their own actions, their own ways. So if we're seated in heavenly places, well, the devil took him to the pinnacle of the temple, and he said, verse 6, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. Boy, it is written. This is Psalm 91, I believe. He shall give his angels charge concerning the the devil was kind of reinforcing the word of God right there. How many of you believe that if we believe in the Son of God, he'll have angels in charge over us? Why does it say in Hebrews to be careful because you might entertain angels unawares? Ever had people pass through your life and you only met them one time, but they had a word for you and something that was very heavy and very important? God can speak to a prophetic word in your life. You might not ever see that person again, but what works and clicks is the word of God that changes your thoughts and your ways. That's what works. Am I making any sense today? Wow. He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands, and in their hands, they shall bear thee up, lest at any time you would dash your foot against a stone. Now, where's that from? That's from Psalm 91. Go there real quick. Psalm 91, verse 11. Everybody staying with me? Let me find it. Psalm 91's in the book of Psalms. Verse 11. Wow. (laughs) Go back to verse 1, Olivia. (laughs) I can't help it. 
Keep the word of God in your thought process. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High. You're going to keep this running. And the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Keep rolling. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings you shall trust. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Wow. You shall not be afraid by the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness. Why? Because we become children of light now. We don't have to be afraid of the pestilence. Remember when you used to work in darkness and be in places you shouldn't have been? There's fear involved in that. But if you stay in the light, there's no fear involved in the light. Keep going. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. In the world we live in today, it seems like we're under constant threatening. Everything's being turned upside down. And I'll tell you why. It's because the world has turned its back on the Word of God, and so there's a lot of things that aren't valid going on in the world, and nobody feels legally bound to anything, especially loving one another. Keep going. Only with your eyes shall you behold the reward of the wicked. We'll keep going in there. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh your dwelling. Amen. Keep going. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Isn't that what we just read in the book of Matthew? Well, how did they come up with this in Psalms? Somebody tell me, how did the psalmist David know how to write this down? How did he know? It's because the word of God is powerful. And he sent it when he said, let there be light. That was the first appearance of the authority of the word of God over man and woman in the earth. And everything was changed from chaos to perfect order. And the enemy started his attack immediately after that. A couple chapters later in Genesis, he's attacking the word of God, attacking the word of God, attacking the word of God. I've got to finish up here. That's how the, the psalmist knew what to write, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. David had a lot to do with letting him forsake his ways and let him return to the Lord, and he will abundantly pardon. David knew all about forsaking his ways and turning back to the Lord. And what did he get? He got abundant pardon. I never realized the love of people in Israel for David until I visited there a few times and saw how he was revered by everybody. There's monuments to David all over the place. He was a guy that believed the Word of God. He was after God's own heart. God called him the apple of his eye. But he, he sure knew about turning his back and going his own way. But God abundantly pardoned when he returned to the Lord. And he could write. Well, let's go back to Matthew. Verse 7. Jesus said unto him, it's written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. 
Verse 8, again, the devil takes him up to the exceeding high mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he said unto him, all these things will I give you if you will fall down and worship me. Wow. Why, did we, why is worship so important for us? Because it's an acknowledgement of who God is. The devil said to him, I'll give you all this if you'll worship me. Ain't this what this is all about now? And so the world today says there is no absolutes. There's no truth. And truth, the definition of truth is that which agrees with the final reality. Well, the devil can say what he wants. He can tell you about you what he wants. But the final reality is that you're saved. You're washed in the blood. You're bought by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That's the truth. That's the final reality. When Pilate looked at Jesus and says, what is truth? The world is still asking that question. Well, here's truth right here. Here's truth right here. What is truth? Well, it's the absolute truth of God because it's the only thing that can bring chaos or bring uh, over chaos. That's the Word of God. That's what it does. Though, verse 10. See, the devil wants us to worship what he's doing. I'll tell you what he wants to do. Ephesians 2, 6 says that his word will not, I mean, uh, goodness gracious, help me, Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6 says we've been seated in heavenly places, okay? We might not think that way. We might not act that way, but we are. What the enemy tries to do, and he started it with Jesus, was to bring even the word down to his level. Think about it. Ephesians says we are seated in heavenly places. The devil says, no, you're not. You're not really seated there. The word of God is a lie. Well, what agrees with the final truth? That if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. Then you are seated in heavenly. What the devil was trying to do was bring Jesus down to his level. This is what he tries to do in our lives. He wants to bring us down to his level. Amen? Why do I know that? Because Jesus says, return unto me, because my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, and my ways are higher than your ways. The devil might think that he's got you, but if we realize that we're in heavenly places, then we're, we're thinking on a whole different level, and we will not allow him to bring us down to the level that he wants to bring the Word of God down. You know why? Because the Word of God, Paul said, I pray that the Word of God would richly dwell in you, dwell in you richly. That means an abundance of the Word of God. Amen? He always wants to bring us down to his level. We don't have to stoop there. And Jesus said, get out of here, Satan. Get out of here. Well, let's see. He was hungry. He had the, his own word thrown back at him. What an insulting devil. Try to insult him or trick him with the word of God. 
He does the same thing to us when he tries to prove that the Word of God is invalid or it's not legally binding. If we start looking at the Word of God as something that is legally binding, it will change the way that we think about things. Most of you are very faithful about paying your bills. We've been raised in that Western culture where you, you pay your bills. You take care of business. You sign something that's legally binding. It used to be a handshake was legally binding. Men would deal with each other on handshake. But what, no matter how, what form it was in, people honored that contract. Jesus said, you shall worship the Lord your God, and Him only shall you serve. It's interesting that it was, the worship service was all about worship today. Jeremy sang about worship, 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 worship. When we come in this house and that music starts and they're singing songs about worship, we should be worshiping the Lord. We shouldn't be about our own business. We should not be about our own business. We should be about the business of the Lord. We should focus in on Him and not be distracted because we can sing about worshiping the Lord, but if we're doing other things that are distracting us from the Word of the Lord, then that's not true worship. I'm almost done. He said, that's the only one that you're supposed to serve is me. That's why in Ephesians 6, Paul talks about putting on the whole armor of God. The devil will try to shoot an arrow and said that you may be able to withstand what? The darts or the arrows of the enemy. We'll not be terrorized by the arrow that flies. You know, no matter how much you dress yourself in armor, there's a weak spot always. And Paul said, put on the whole armor of God so that you'll be able to withstand when that attack on the Word and the validity of the Word and the legality of the Word in your life is called into question, you must rise up, equip yourself with the whole armor of God and say, this is what I stand on. This is who I am. I am legally bound to the sacrifice of Calvary today. And that's a personal thing. It's not a group thing. It's a personal thing. When we realize that each one of us are legally bound to this Word, it makes a big difference. We all pay our bills because we don't want a bad credit report. I don't know. I don't even know how to check mine. I'm assuming it's good. You know why you pay your bills? Because you want a good credit report unless, in case you ever want to do something else. Well, I belong to the kingdom of God, and I consider the blood of Jesus to be legally binding. So when the devil comes around to check on me and you, we need to say we're in good standing. We're in, <laughs> we're in good standing. There's laid up for me a crown. There's a crown of righteousness laid up for me. You know why? Because it said, let the unrighteous man forsake his unrighteous ways. So there's something laid up for me. I don't have to worry about uh, overdrawing my spiritual account. I ain't worried about it. I can go to God every time I want. The Bible says the only time He won't answer our prayers is when we ask something to consume it on our own lust. 
But when we ask for healing for the congregation or different things for different people, he hears that. And you know why he hears it? Because he wrote the contract, and we are, he is legally bound to it also. <laughs> oh, I got to stop. It's just like getting a diploma from college. Somebody with authority signs that diploma, don't they? They don't give you a diploma and just leave everything blank at the bottom. You say, well, who authenticates this? Who validates this diploma? It just says, Jeremy Moore. And usually it says presented by somebody. You can't say by Snoopy or something like that because it has no validity. But when you see the president's name at the bottom of that, the president is saying this is legally binding. It's a valid proof that he has graduated the courses he took in college. And he can show that anywhere he goes, and people will recognize that as something valid. Am I beating this valid thing to death? But you're not going to get very far with that diploma unless somebody validates it. That's why the Word of God is sent into your lives today, whether it's me preaching, Jeremy preaching, Darlene preaching, anybody teaching on Wednesday night, if they prepare themselves and are in the presence of the Lord, you're still legally bound to this Word. Amen? And that gives us freedom. Amen. I think I got all that. I don't know. Don't let him bring you down to his level. That's what he wants to do. Hallelujah. Amen. Is everybody in this building saved today? I mean saved. I mean saved. Are you legally bound to their, their contract? The testament written in his body, are you legally bound to that? Do you have to acknowledge that? Yes, because he said, my word will not return unto me invalid. I was in the military from 1968 till 1974. And I got an honorable discharge. And a whole bunch of people signed that. And when I tore my shoulder up a few years ago, somebody said, well, why don't you go to the VA and sign up for your benefits? Because when I got out of the military, people didn't treat the military very well. So I kind of had a bad attitude toward, you know, the VA or whatever else. So I went down and I signed up. You know what they asked me for? They said, we need your DOD 214. And anybody that's been in the military knows what a... D 214 is. That's your whole military record. And you have to keep copies of that. So when they said, do you have your DD-214? I said, oh, it's somewhere in the house. It's somewhere around there. I got, I got it somewhere. Well, my mother had kept them things. After she died, she passed them on to, I don't know who had them after that. But I had to go find my 214. I couldn't just show up at the VA and say, Hey, I'm a vet. I want some benefits. They said, well, how you bet? You know, 
They said, you got to go home and get your DD-214, and you got to present it to be eligible for medical care and, and all the stuff that goes with the VA. So we went home and dug through everything, and guess what? I found my DD-214. After it had laid dormant, it had laid dormant from 1974 to about 2005. That's 30, 31 years. But guess what? When I took that down to the VA, they were the nicest people I've ever met because they recognized the authority of my honorable discharge and they saw that I'd been honorably discharged even though it laid dormant for 31 years and I never used it. All I had to do was get that out and again, I was part. And so if you've been leaving your word dormant, if you've been leaving the promises of God dormant and they've been packed away and you've been thinking badly about yourself for years, you just pull out this word and you say, this is what validates me. See, you can't take that away from me because I did it. I did it. And so if you're not saved today, you need to get saved and get your things, your mind and your heart on the things and the ways of God. And then you can say, I did it. Here's my proof right here. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. did it. I did it. See? I did it. Jeremy, would you come and close the service, please? I'm done. I'm preached out. Praise God, man. Praise God. Why don't you all stand to your feet right now? Praise God. There's a song that says, I have decided that I'm going to make a stand. I have decided that I'm taking back my land. I have decided this far and no more, I'm going to take up the sword and fight in the name of the Lord. Amen. He's given us a sword. He's given us a contract. His name is at the bottom of that line, and when you receive benefits, you have to sign. And everybody here declared to pastor that you're saved, you're in the bloodline. If you're saved and you know it, shout amen. If you're saved and you know it, clap your hands. Amen. So, Father, we give you glory. We give you praise. 
We thank you, Lord, that the blood speaks a better word over our lives, God. We thank you, Lord, that we have been partakers of the new covenant, Lord. And we give you praise and glory. And because of that, Lord, we can stand and receive, God. And we can say, Lord, that by his grace, we are saved. Amen. And so, bless you. I forget how that goes. What does it say? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you. And may the Lord be gracious unto you. And may the Lord give you peace. And may he lift up his countenance upon you. And I like what Pastor also says. And know ye this. That. Huh? That the devil. Soon. Under your feet. He's under your feet. I like to say he's now under my feet. Amen. Not soon now. Praise God. He's coming again, amen. Greet one of your neighbors. Tell them you're glad they come to church. And if you know somebody that wasn't here this morning, tell them to get here next week, amen.